look real? In that particular shot, no, actually. <laughs> it, it doesn't really, right? When you look close. You need to be more blue. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Clappercast, episode 115. I'm your host, Carson Tamar. Joined today, once again, after a two-week break, or one-week break. It's been two weeks since last episode. <laughs> it's been two weeks. Fuck off. I'm joined by Lena Falds and Paul Price, sadly. How is everyone doing today? I'm well. <sighs> My contract at my work got extended for like a month or so. So that's nice. I don't have to find a job till October now. So I'm feeling financially secure for temporarily. So that's nice. That's that's my update. Fun and fresh. We're continuing the um, situation where whenever I look my worst, I end up on TV or somehow photographed or... um, this time I worked the Zombies 3 premiere for work and um, I am in the background of all of the interviews with Jensen Ackles. So I keep looking. I'm like, oh, no. Hey, <laughs> is I Jensen am. Ackles actually in it? Yes or no? No, he's not in it. Then why is he there? Because Meg is the star of the new prequel series okay. that Jensen's in. That's what he was saying in there. We sent and I was like, yeah, okay. Cute. Yeah. Also, I think like his daughter seemed to be a fan. Um, so I'm sure it was just a, a thing that they all did together. It was cute. They definitely like they definitely seem like they really like each other. Um, but my you imagine uh, if you came on the podcast and just started like being like they hate each other. Like, no, you the tea. but I was hilarious. actually going to I was actually going to say some like surprising tea. Um, all of the Disney stars are wonderful people. Like, I just expected to have, like, you know, child stars. Like, that's what you expect. No, all of them are the nice, every single one of them. There was not one that's mean. It just was blew my mind. Because, like, in your head, you're like, mm, you know, it's the, the joke is, like, they're all going to be, like, you know, intense. But I guess, like, Disney just casts well or, like, trains them well or whatever. That's all. It was really cool. I, they're all really nice people. If you're a child fan of any of them, they're great. That's nice. It's always soul crushing to find out somebody you like is an asshole. Like when I found out Lily James is a huge cunt on set, that was sad for me. Alina, you've not had to justify your love of Ellen DeGeneres and James Corden in the same year because both turned out to be abusive <laughs> interns. Okay, I don't want to hear about it. I don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it... Well, in your case, you were like more into them because they were mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at least James Corden's returning to the UK soon, so I feel <laughs> to like make, they, to make gay werewolf hunters or whatever. <laughs> they better. I really hope that they like kiss and make up because, like, lesbian vampire killers was the worst thing ever. But I would still pay money to see gay werewolf hunters. I want to watch it. <laughs> Never forget when I put that on the Halloween special thinking we were all going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, let's get to today's episode because God, there's a ton we're going to talk about. We have our halfway 2020 recap. We have reviews for Thor Love and Thunder, the Sea Beast. Our halfway 2020. <laughs> Is it 20? Did I say it wrong? 2022. God, feels like it's still halfway through 2022. We're halfway through 2020. The pandemic's going to be over any day now. It's great. (laughs) 
Speaking of pandemics, let's talk about the MCU. <laughs> that was a good one, Carson. <laughs> Thank you. We're talking about Lore or Thor, Love and Thunder. Elena, you for some reason adore these films. I don't know why. Can you please explain to me why this one's good? And then we'll t- call you delusional and okay. we'll move on. Okay. I'm not claiming it's good. I just had fun because I have the a very similar sense of humor to Taika YTT. And so like every time there's so many jokes in this and every time one of those jokes hit, I was like, that was really stupid, but I laughed at it. Um, so I was entertained enough to not be suffering through this. But when you look past all of the shitty, the multitude of shitty jokes, there is like literally nothing here. And I don't understand how people like okayed this movie to be released. Like it's giving first draft. It's giving... I never went to the editing room. It's giving I slept through directing. I was like, Taika, you are like, he's like literally one of my favorite directors. I love what we do in the shadows. I freaking love Boy. I love Hunt for the Wilder People. He changed the character of Thor like radically and fantastically with Thor Ragnarok, which everybody is turning against right now. And fuck you. That is a great movie. But then we get to Thor Love and Thunder. And I was like, I don't know what happened. I don't know who dropped the ball. Why is Taika sleepwalking through this? Why is everybody? It's sad. Like, it has a really good, like, potential because... I read the Thor comics where Jane Foster becomes Thor. Not all of them, I don't think. But I read, like, a good chunk of them. I enjoyed that series. It was cool to see Jane back in the MCU. It was cool to see Natalie Portman back in the MCU. I really liked the romance. It was cute. But the rest of it was not great. Nothing was executed well. Like, this is literally one of the worst entries into the MCU, like, filmmaking-wise. But at least it was funny. Counterpoint, it was not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you and I have different senses of humor. Um, fair. I don't know what I'm saying there. (laughs) Hubie Halloween. Okay, so... Hubie Halloween's good. Okay, so I will contest... That Thor Ragnarok is not a good film. And it's just that he cut his hair and everyone was like, ooh, he's so pretty. And then now that he has the hair back, we're all like, hmm, something's not working for me. And it's the hair. 100%. I'm just, I'm like, I, don't, I disagree. I like I'm Thor with long hair. He's a Viking. Ugh, no. It's like, yes. um, I think this movie is terrible, but I also hated Ragnarok. So I was really expecting to be like, okay, everyone likes it except me and no one is. And I'm like, yes, I'm winning. This is my, <laughs> cause like, okay, so here's my problems with Ragnarok and that'll make sense for what's going wrong in this movie as well. Ragnarok is two movies that what TT just went. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll put those together. And you're like, but why? Like, why are we doing, like, the battle planet and also, you know, Hela? Um, And it's like, there's no real reason for it. It doesn't really make sense. And that's what's going on with this one. There's the God Butcher, whole movie right there. And then there's the Mighty Thor, 
whole movie right there. And like the two don't really combine. They don't really connect. Gore has nothing to do with fucking Jane Foster. Um, It's like, I mean, if you had wanted to do it, having her become the God of thunder and then him being like, now I got to go kill her. That would have been interesting. It's not really what happens. It's just, it's so, so bland. You can also just feel that there was like a four hour cut of this movie. I mean, it's notorious at this point that like so many people got cut out of this movie. Um, And I think that that's like an issue, but overall um, I think the biggest problem with this movie is none of these movies fucking matter. Like we were trained that all the pieces will eventually combine and then there'll be end game. That was what, you know, it, it ended up happening first phase second phase third phase all like had an arc of where they were going the fourth one we're halfway through apparently and only halfway good lord yeah yeah we're halfway through and nothing we don't know who the villain is it's assumed it's going to be king the conqueror but that's only because we know the comics um so much of this is just like oh if you know the comics this will matter like mr fantastic showing up and like us supposed to care about that in um, multiverse, but then this one just doesn't have anything. I kind of liked Hercules. That. It has Hercules, Sorry. a yeah. deep cut character. I kind of liked that this one didn't go like multiversey because it was kind of nice going back to like a self-contained MCU story. Because I'm tired of the multiverse stuff. I feel like I've only ever liked it in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I only liked it in Spider-Man. Even though the oh, Spider-Man. I forgot about Spider-Man. <laughs> um, I liked it in both, but we've done it. I don't see any reason to keep doing it. Like, we, we did it. <laughs> oh, sweetheart. <laughs> no, I'm not claiming that that's what they're going to do. I'm just saying that's the, my there's opinion. There's so much multiverse shit coming. Um, and, and I I'm have no... tired. Yeah, no, so am I. Um, Here's the thing. This phase is also, though, taking literally four times as long to, like, just be a thing. I was looking at the MCU, like, list of films and how they break it up. Every other one's, like, five films. We're, like, six films deep with, like, fucking tons of miniseries. Like, it sucks. And I'm hopeful at Comic-Con this year that at least we get some blueprint to, like, where we're going but like i don't care about these characters this one really felt for some reason like this should have been a disney plus original series to me like i really got those vibes doesn't look good there's nothing here story-wise that's interesting the comedy paul Otten, hit, hit the nail on the fucking head it is <laughs> worthless like truly this it's not as bad as eternals let's be very clear um not as painful as that or shang chi but it is fucking terrible also like it is very boring very bad a filler and i can't wait now till we get to wait till you know november for any real developments with black panther 2 probably won't be really any developments in that and then you know we just get to wait a few more months and then just more filler stories like at least thor ragnarok i also love that film alina but like at least that film felt like it had a unique style a unique director a unique voice this like so it just feels like a shell like a ghost of what that film was and to come mm-hmm. off like sam raimi and dr strange which whether you like it or hate it at least that felt very unique i just want more like directorial flair in these the best films throughout this entire mcu are the ones that have a strong direction and a strong voice to them that are unique when it's just this hollow bullshit that you've seen a million times before 
it is not funny it's not interesting and also just like i don't know it's it, you mentioned that taika watiti slept through this he also just slept through the marketing because for some reason they just decided to queer bait everyone because they couldn't think of another compelling way to get people to care about the film like i'm really just over it. i'm over this film taika really fucked this one you know love him as a director overall but this one is quite poor yeah the whole like experience of it is just really frustrating because like even if you don't like Ragnarok, I feel like Thor did like change and go on like a journey during that film. And with personally how well I thought Thor was handled in Ragnarok, I was expecting some really good character development. And like spoilers, all he does is become a dad to Gore the God Butcher's resurrected child and i don't like what um not just that not just fucking that (laughs) it's his daughter as in chris hemsworth's i know like so i i hated that character like she's cute she's fine but i was like uh, we do not need her and i was I like wrote in my letter. And especially box since in the first, like when we first see her, she says nothing. All she does is die. And she shouldn't stay <laughs> that way. Yeah. And then she's just really annoying at the end. Um, yeah, no. And um, there's so many things that are like implications that none of this matters. This movie like doesn't matter. Um, you know, in the comics, Jane becomes Valkyrie after she dies. And are we doing that? We're going to like, so probably Tessa is going to become something else. And then we'll have Jane as Valkyrie. So like even her dying isn't really real. She's just going to come back. Now we have a the daughter and it like he could easily leave her at home. Just feels like nothing happened in this movie. Like we're kind of at the same spot. Um, That's the also- other thing I was confused about with the whole Gore's daughter thing. Like, she never shows, like, any, like, inkling of being, like, a warrior. So I don't understand why she's fighting with Thor all of a sudden. Because she's love and he's thunder. Oh, that was so cringe. Also, love dying. Oh, God. It's so cornball. And, I mean, there's so many aspects of this movie that are just, like, corny. Um, oh, the worst line in the movie um, is when perfectly normal thing for fucking gore to say is lady thor and she does that huge like it felt like the the moment in endgame where all the women stand together for that one spot when she goes um it's the mighty thor or dr jane fossil's like come on like yeah do we like we've all always known you were dr jane Fo- that's not like a new thing and also like mighty thor is like it, it's fine but it's not really explained in the movie why she's mighty thor it's mm-hmm. just there's so many um things and then also you know the new asgard stuff just isn't that interesting to me um no. it would have been fun as like a little tv show i guess i think your point carson is not wrong that it should have just been a show maybe even thor doesn't really appear that much um you know just have natalie portman and tessa thompson do it um, yeah they could easily have rescued the children and thor could have been 
um, continuing to bop around with the Guardians of the Galaxy, who I thought were going to be a much larger part of this movie, but they just fuck off like tw- 10 minutes into the movie. They're like, peace, let's split up. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, no, it's... <laughs> well, there's if so you do many... wonder where they're going, we do know at least Chris Pratt will not be going to church because remember, he's not religious. <laughs> do not get it wrong. He does not <laughs> care about God. Um, the The other weird thing, they on so many things. Like, um, you know, getting rid of Fat Thor in a really, like, weird way. Um, like, just... That it, felt weirdly offensive also, by the way. <laughs> like, it really... Fat Thor always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, but here especially, it really felt like they were being like, look, he's no longer lazy and bad and fat, like a loser. <laughs> it was like, okay. He's not depressed, so he's in shape. There's <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah, it's like, to me that when he gets uh struck by lightning and looks good again in um in game they should have just made him thin again like don't you don't have to you don't have to leave him to lose weight he's the god of thunder it's fine so like that scene was just like um there's so many things um also the fact that it's narrated by fucking korg is so it feels to me the same way that um, the director of Endgame casting himself as the first gay MCU character seems <laughs> vibes of just yeah, like, yeah. you don't, you don't need to be I really here. like Korg. I think he's funny, but they like really overused him for this. And they really underused Christian Bale. Like, yes. why? Although... I guess, like, I'm not, like, super surprised about that because, like, I find most of the one-off MCU villains get wasted anyway, so whatever. That's normal, I guess. But still disappointing. Yeah, the thing that's really frustrating about the MCU villains is they get someone who's kind of cool. Um, Mm -hmm. Christian Bale. um... I was really excited to see Christopher Eccleston in Thor 2 because he plays, like, the Doctor. And then he's just like a lame ass fucking elf yeah um and then kate blanchett in the third one but like mm-hmm. i don't understand why we leave russell crowe alive and then we get rid of all the like good villains like leave them around like the comics never kill these people you don't have to kill them you can you can leave them to show up later if you want like mm-hmm. we understand that like they're you know around um it's just, it seems very weird because there's no reason to keep killing them. Especially mm-hmm. since all our heroes kind of have like, do not kill rules. And then it's just like, oh, and the villain just happened to die. Um, yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of Jane Foster's cancer, cancer theory? Uh, Hated it. Um, <laughs> I really like, was pissed. Like, because I, look, I love... I, look, I, I like her character. I, I thought you were going to say I love cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big cancer head. Annihilation's my favorite movie. No. Um, it, it was just so dumb. I was really like, this is what you brought her back for? Like, this is it? Mm-hmm. This is a thing that you built up for years of hype? Yeah, I was, I was dying that she um, still had a full head of hair and looked fine yeah. as a like all like, she did was look st- slightly skinny <laughs> stage oh my four God. cancer patient yeah uh, 
like, I don't. I read the those specific comic books in like twelfth grade, so I couldn't remember like why she becomes Thor. But I was just sitting there, and I was like, "This is how we're doing this." Is this well, that's how, how they did it? That's how they do it in the comics. But that's she what is, I thought. But she like, is like fucked up yeah i feel like i remember her being like really decrepit i'm like it just it just didn't translate well no she just gets blonde hair which that's what i always assume is like you know the way to show health is to have blonde hair (laughs) okay hitler (laughs) (laughs) um well you know what taika agrees with me who Played Hitler. <laughs> um, wait, you know what I thought was fun? I liked the Matt Damon and Chris Hemsworth's brother cameo again. Agreed. I thought that was fun. That was cute. I will say two things I didn't like that I feel like needs to be mentioned is when the kid shows up like floating in the sky and it's like oh genuinely God. the worst thing I've ever seen I'm in my life. Fun. Also, like, I don't like... The kid's name is, like, Astrid, but he's, like, super into Guns N' Roses, and then he, like, starts fighting with Thor about how he wants to be called Axel, and I was like, I don't understand, like, the point of this conversation we're having right now, other than to really fucking reiterate that this soundtrack is all Guns N' Roses. Please. Yeah, it's, (laughs) well, it's also just supposed to be, like, it's a very, like, 90s joke, like, you have a girl's name. It's just like, Okay. (laughs) Well, speaking of old jokes, the other thing I was going to mention is the Screaming Goats, which quite literally is from nine years ago. Oh, my God. Over and over and over again. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. Like, Tyga's normally funny, at least, right? Like, I think he is. What happened? It it really feels like (sighs) knowing that so much got cut, I really feel like they just left a bunch of like the jokes and like if it was a four hour cut like the jokes would have only happened like five times do you know specifically what got cut from this yes um (laughs) so he kills grandmaster um he no longer does that gore kills grandmaster he also kills um the giant dwarf from infinity war peter dinklage yeah peter dinklage's character and then he um, kills Lena Headey, also from Game of Thrones. Basically, he just kills the cast of Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> but um, apparently all of it was too dark. So like and I think that's what happened is like they got rid of everything that wasn't super like high up energy. And what they're left with is just like, you know, a Skittles commercial. That's disappointing because I feel like. The dark stuff worked so well for Multiverse of Madness that why didn't they do it here? Well, it didn't work. I mean, so like, you know, Elephant in the Room is the past two movies are like two of four movies that have gotten less than an A A minus in the MCU. Um, Well, that's because the MCU audience are fucking morons. I mean, no, they're correct. Sure, but they're making a lot of money. they're starting to waver, and I think that that's going to be a big problem. I meant moving. the o- audience, the like specifically if if it's something if it's not fully connecting with the audience as much as possible to where it's going to get a lower cinema score because you're going to be making you want to make as much money as possible. You're going to play it as safe as possible. Yeah, and I think that these. I mean, I think the biggest problem is just nothing has been. I don't think 
anyone would really have any of these past movies be in their top 10 like i do because i like the um, no way home yeah no way home might be in some people's it might be in mine as well um i like street level um stuff so i enjoyed black widow but i totally get all the complaints about it like it's one of my favorites but i'm weird um but uh yeah these these are just kind of like it's eh. just unbearably slow like when you really think about it since far from home what has happened what matters in these really you get the spider-man stuff you get the wanda stuff right does anything else matter really no it's like it's years yeah and spider-man we haven't even seen it matter yet and wanda same difference and we fucking well wanda we at least we had something in doctor strange that was some continuation we won't hear these things for like at least three more years i like it's just well, we still haven't we still haven't seen the post-credit scene of um shang chi happen yet yeah and just, how many movies ago was that one two three four movies ago and we still haven't referenced uh in credit scene not and just then, movies, like, but an entire like cat like i get the i get the movie i get the complaint like how much media is being produced but even just like calendar wise for me to care watch shang chi in september of 2021 and then you want me to still care now with no news it's like fucking insane we moved on from an actual global pandemic quicker than this like it, <laughs> when we don't care about this it's genuinely getting terrible yeah um I was watching this and I really felt to me like we were starting to get towards um, like DCEU levels of just like confused stuff. Like, I think we just like these characters. So we're allowing a little bit more grace. But like if this was, you know, any of the other movies we've, you know, any of the DCEU movies and it was like The Flash or whatever, um, then like people would be, you know, rinsing it right now. Um, the fact no, I that think they would defend Eternals at no matter what company, Paul. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Everyone, I know. I just saw people posting about how Eternals is the best MCU movie, and I was like, okay, guys. <laughs> I like how Alina did her hair during this. <laughs> well, what else is there to say about this movie? It's not good. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I hope they're able to turn the ship around a little bit, but like, I don't, I don't see What's like next. What's in our future. We have she Hulk, right? Black Panther two, which is a, which is a aggressive, it, as it's been explained, a aggressive straight sitcom. There's yes. nothing about nine episodes. Can't it's wait. Nine episodes. Oh my God. All the other ones were six. Why are we doing nine all of a sudden? We have the yeah. Halloween's. We have the Halloween special, and we have the Guardians of the Galaxy special. I think that's the rest of our year. No, what else is there? Black Panther. I oh I I mentioned that. So oh. that's like not a great list of things. But okay. you know what we really need is a nice break from the MCU. Like, don't release anything for like a year. Let uh-huh. me get excited because I remember when I was in high school, I'd be like, oh my gosh, there's like. 246 days till Thor the Dark World comes out. I'm stoked. I'm excited. Like, fucking let me be like that again. Because now it's yeah. just like, oh, Thor just came out. Oh, yeah, but the, if the you next, look, the last episode looked, of Miss Marvel comes out this weekend. Oh, shit. The next, the new, fuck, I can't do it. It's too much. How have do you we looked at the Black Panther yet? Paul, I was about to How do we have nothing? Like, we, I'm not convinced that they're not going to swap that in an Ant Man 3 at this point. Like, we, like, there's just nothing for Black Panther. But there's nothing for Ant-Man either. 
Yeah, but that's uh, not supposed to come out in like I four mean, months. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Quantum Mania like is going to be the one that like matters. But let's just discuss that. So Ant Man Three is going to matter. Hell yeah! <laughs> no, here's what's it's the introduction of uh, the Conqueror, King the Conqueror. Wasn't that in Loki? Like, Yes, sure. that's what I was I about you. to say, was that they decided, the powers that be, Kevin Feige, decided that the two mo- things that are going to matter are the Loki show and Ant-Man. Like, that is wild. You had so many options to put in, like, important characters, and you just didn't. You're just like, no, we're going to put it with two people that, like... I mean, my dad won't even watch the movies anymore. Like, he's just not interested. Don't blame um, him. Like, I was telling him, oh, yeah, don't watch the war. And he's like, I wasn't going to. <laughs> Which is so weird because, like, Multiverse of Madness is on Disney+. Plus. You can just watch it right now. And, like, are people? Like, I don't, I didn't see people, like, saying, oh, I rewatched. Like, I didn't see anyone on Letterboxd or anything. I just think it's kind of this weird we're burned. Well, with that said, She-Hulk in a month. We'll, you know, get excited, everyone. Count on the days for She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Um, <laughs> oh, I certainly Fuck. <laughs> I certainly will be. Let's move on from Disney to Netflix. Only, you know, uphill from here. Uh, we have The Sea Beast, the new animated film, because they like releasing animated features now, apparently. Paul, take it away so you can talk about something in this episode. Did you like The Sea Beast? Yeah, no. Okay, so I'm a defender of the Sea Beast. But only in that I, like, don't usually like animated movies right now. Um, They feel a little like talking down to kids. Um, So this one was refreshing. It it lives in the Klaus school of the Netflix. Klaus is one of my favorite movies. I cannot believe that, Carson. Like, it's in my top 100. I'm aware you love it. I'm aware. I'm not judging you. I've never said that you were wrong, but you are wrong, but it's okay. I literally don't know how you hate that movie. So weird. It's like such a you movie, too. Okay, so we'll give it a rewatch for that holiday special this year. Maybe I'll enjoy it. I almost picked it as my holiday movie. Um, (laughs) Fun fact. Uh, Okay, so um, these movies, like, the Netflix ones feel like they're swinging for the fences a little bit, both in terms of um, like not choosing huge names. These are smaller, you know, voice actors. No one's like, oh, yeah, I have to watch it for, you know, Miley Cyrus or whatever. It's like, like how that's who I choose. Um, but, you know, it's not like a big name that you're like, OK, that I would watch it for them. Um And then the animation style is, to some people, incorrectly, off-putting. But it's just different and, like, trying something. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I love this movie. Um, Overall, like, I think the story is a little flat. I think it could use a little, like, uh, teeth to it. But I do understand it's a kid's movie. um, So you can't, like... I mean, they do, like literally slaughter one of the sea beasts in the opening scene. And it's kind of a brutal death. Um, But I was expecting a little bit more of that throughout. Um, It gets kind of tame after that sequence. Um, But yeah, no, I think just 
uh, overall just watching it for its visuals um the the design of the palace specifically is one of the most gorgeous things i've seen in animation um someone posted online who was um one of the designers i think one of the art directors posted like their initial designs of it and seeing like what they were thinking and everything. It's like, this is so cool. And it's like works for the story. Um, you know, there's reasons that it needs water throughout the city. So cool. Um, but yeah, I just wish it was a little bigger. I know everyone's saying it's how to train your dragon. And I think it suffers from the same problems as how to train your dragon, which is there's like, you know, you know, uh, you know where it's going. And it struggles to have a twist to it once you know, hey, the dinosaurs are in the sea beasts, dragons, not dinosaurs. I'm reading Jurassic Park right now, um, are nice. Um, and that's it. Eventually, all the characters will find out it's nice. There's very cute moments where they like help out with the sea beasts and everything. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a cute kids movie, but with fantastic animation alina go off mm. <laughs> like the the children being like spoon-fed lessons is like exactly why i didn't like this movie it's so boring and like generic and overdone like how many times have we like seen a movie where it's like this thing that is actually bad that you thought was bad is actually good. Like, shut up. It's so boring. Like, I didn't know. You guys suggested this. And I was like, why? This looks like shit. And then you told me Carl Urban was in it. And I was like, okay, fine. I will watch it because Carl Urban has a voice in it. And they made Carl Urban's character ugly. And I was like, why am I suffering through this film? Like, I get that, like, a little kid would, like, probably enjoy this. I just, like, I didn't like these kinds of movies when I was a kid either. Like, when I was younger, I didn't enjoy the How to Train Your Dragon movies either. I don't understand why that is such a beloved franchise. I don't think I've seen the sequels, but I remember being like, yeah, whatever, about the first one. Um, this is this is where your girl's showing. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Like, yeah. Boy, especially some of the fight scenes, I was like, like child me was like yes 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 go yeah. go cut him up well because like <laughs> when i was a little girl i i was why i was watching the disney princess movies like i was watching aladdin i was watching hercules i was watching pocahontas i was not watching i enjoyed sinbad this was giving me sinbad vibes and then i was sitting here and i was like i'd rather be watching sinbad right now you know what's funny about sinbad um mm -hmm. i have so many strong memories of that movie coming out and i have never seen it like I can remember going to the movie theater and seeing the poster for it and remembering that Brad Pitt was in it. And I remember mm -hmm. it flopping and it being like a flop that everyone talked about for forever. Still have never seen it. I should do it. I like it. it. It's not like amazing, but I like it for childhood nostalgia reasons. Also, Sinbad's yeah. hot. See, this is the thing. If they had made Carl Urban hot, I literally would have enjoyed this a lot more. They have been making animated characters so fucking ugly lately, and I'm sick of it. Like, my day job, I work at the Ottawa International Animation Festival, and I've seen the stuff that Chris is programming. I'm happy for all these, like, random people getting into the festival. But their characters' designs, some of it is so fucking ugly. Like, can we have unique animation and also hot people? That is all I ask. Why can't I have it? 
I wish we had made uh, Lena watch Mad God, and I'm kind of going to yeah. like, maybe in our end of the year episode, we'll put that in, because you would be screaming. Um, that's mm-hmm. all I keep thinking about, because it's literally so gross. I was like cringing the entire time. I also love that film, but I also love Well, crazy. I feel like the, the like Mad God is not supposed to have like hot people in it, but like if Carl Urban is playing a sexy pirate, I expect him to be sexy, not a potato nose bitch. Um, Please. <laughs> I will say I will say, though, the design of three characters, the king, the queen and the witch, all like so gross. And like in a way that I was like, yes, this is perfect. I am loving every second of this. Um, there was a couple weird choices in terms of if we want to talk about my one note on the animation um, in skin shininess. Um, like where some of the characters like looked like clay and it was very odd but other than that yeah i just think like you know animation style wise this is really cool um i just also thought that the monsters were just kind of boring looking especially like their big red guy i did like the cute little blue thing though the blue little guy was so adorable he was the best what you guys have not like hit on with how to train your dragon which it's kind of like throwing like darts at a board and somehow you keep missing the middle is the fact that toothless is really cute that's the point is like Mm -hmm. toothless is a cute character this giant sea beast peace and love not cute See, but I think that works a little bit better. One of my biggest problems with How to Train Your Dragon is, like, Toothless is too cute to hate. Like, there was no way they were like, let's kill this thing. Like, as soon as you see him, you're like, that's adorable. Um, I do like that. I, I One of my favorite moments in this movie, actually, um, and Alina, you know, talking about, like, um, it being a little predictable. The one moment I was like, oh, that's cool was when the creature's still like, nah, I'm going to go fuck them up. <laughs> like, there's a moment where they're like, don't do this, creature. And it's like, I'm a creature. And they're bad guys. I was like, <laughs> such a clever, like, yeah, they are untrainable. Um, you know, one of the things, like, with How to Train Your Dragon is, like, almost instantly all of the the dragons become, like, good. Um, I also like that it doesn't use the ending of um how to train your dragon which is just big dinosaur bad dinosaur fuck (sighs) listen the jurassic park book is very good and i've been listening to it nonstop. so um big dragon bad um and you know it's does a really different thing i hate the speech the little girl gives at the end that is an (laughs) embarrassing like i was like what but I do kind of like that, like the film ends up being about like the disinformation age. Kind of interesting. Um, I wish they played with that a little bit more. I'm glad that there's no one who's like a Trump surrogate. Um, I was really expecting like, you know, the the guy to start giving uh, the king to start giving speeches that sounded a little Trumpian. Uh, they don't they don't go there. They keep it a little uh, they keep it clever. Um, I am curious to see like how this one does at the end of the year though in terms of awards because animation people i think will love it for its style um but i don't know i mean it definitely gets nominated because this is a weak year but i don't know yes weak year and i don't think turning red gets i don't think it's up for the awards this year i think it is because they did give i believe a qualifying run 
Okay, we'll last see. time I read, it wasn't. Not fully sure on that one. I will say that this has, all I'm going to say is I think this has a better chance than Wendell and Wild, which would be their other main uh, contender Netflix's that comes out in October. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, this year is pretty weak for animation. There's uh, Rise of Gru. Um, there's King. There's Bad Guys. There's Lightyear. Bad Guys, Lightyear, Turning Red, Strange World. Strange oh, World looks like shit. Sure, but it's going to get nominated. Uh, I keep seeing I don't... the trailer, and it looks just so stupid and weird and ugly. And like, the problem with Strange this. this problem with Strange World is it's, again, you know, my tinfoil hat that they're going to dissolve Pixar. Um, it's the exact same, like, style of film as Lightyear. It's like the exact same movie. And actually, it's the movie that mm-hmm. I wanted from Lightyear. Um, it still doesn't look good, but it's definitely the movie that I wanted from Lightyear going to different planets and like being weird and, you know, in space and Jake kind Gyllenhaal. of <laughs> and Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. I didn't know he was actually in it. Um, OK, fine. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> just so for the sake. We... Yeah, <laughs> we just, just need a... to make sure that the voice and the character design is hot and Alina's fine with it <laughs> yes exactly I don't know I don't think this will get nominated I will say like just for just I mean I pretty much agree with everything you've said this is Alina to be clear this is boring <laughs> I don't know the story was very flat I think the character design is horrible I will say the overall animation of like the sets and stuff if it was a screen cap amazing incredible but for some reason like the filmmaking here really bothered me from like a shot composition and editing and angling how the camera moves i thought it was like some of the worst i've seen in years genuinely so weird well okay so like you have a i'm wondering if your tv is bad because i watched it uh, no, like I just like watch it. We 4K. go. Paul's gonna mention, go. mention his ninety-inch TV again. Yes, I am. Oh, we because get it. You're richer than us. <laughs> well, I also pay for um the four K Netflix, and like when you're talking about screen caps and stuff, I was like pausing because I was like, oh my gosh, a couple shots of the castle and everything. I was like, that is insane amount of work, um, and detail and just design and everything, um. But I do wonder if like there's things that I do think that we're starting to come into a world where you're doing all of your stuff on 4K high res, huge TVs in terms of like the actual production and then screening that in different areas. I don't think people are really testing. Um, And I do think that that's starting to cause some problems. Because I, there's been a lot of things where people are like, this movie, this show, this thing is ugly. And I'm like, oh, it looks great. But then I remember, like, I'm probably watching it as close to how the filmmakers were. Um, I the- saw a study, like, on Facebook or something that said, like, most people watch Netflix and shit, like, on their cell phone. Which is yeah. mental yeah. illness to me. But people, like, watch it on, like, their commutes and shit like that. I'm like... Oh, yeah. So- no, um... Uh- I was going to, yeah, specifically, I was going to mention um, the, this was, you guys haven't watched Game of Thrones, so you wouldn't, like, remember I've watched this. all of Game of Thrones. Oh, you have? Okay, I've the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Um, it was a huge, like, there was a huge fight about the Battle of Winterfell. Um, I remember Because that. it was pitch black for people who had normal TVs. 
(laughs) If you had a very expensive TV, you could see what was going on if you didn't. So like I watched it in a theater um, and it was like, oh, this was gorgeous. And then all my friends were like, I literally had no clue what was happening. I had to like pause it and go into a black room. (laughs) I don't remember having trouble watching it, but I do have a relatively nice TV. Affordable, nice. But to be clear, it's not Paul's nice yeah like, no but no, my, mine is like 50 inches i think i don't know mine's affordable i played a grand for mine grand canadian okay then we paid the exact myself. same we paid the exact same for our tvs oh well, no a grand canadian uh sorry i flipped yeah. it um i paid 1300 for mine um mm. which is like basically free <laughs> <laughs> I think there's 1300 like in my couch right now. I just have to go dig it out. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm very well. Bored. When we when I we all visit my TV, <laughs> <laughs> when we visit, we'll all have to watch the Sea Beast on Paul's beautiful theater Ooh, TV, yes. and then we'll like be like, "It's amazing. We were wrong." <laughs> I just think like whoever is teaching these kids how to animate there needs to be a classes on noses because the noses recently have been very bad in a lot of Potato-y. projects. y And also what Paul was saying about the black characters looking weird. That's why we need more animators of color. Hello. Learn how to draw dark skin. That's hmm. like, that's specifically a lighting issue. There's something. Weird. Whatever. I no, don't know, I know how animation. No, I know. It's an animation festival. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Um, there's there was it it's a weird like struggle um overall but yeah um i don't mind the ugly character i like ugly characters i don't like ugly reminds characters. Me, it reminds why would me i want to look at fault. ugly people you know, for two hours you know, straight i already have to talk to you guys every week you know what i was about Damn. to say is um i used to like um the uh like tim burtony kind of designs which are just ugly that's fair. Um, I didn't want to know a fun fact. I didn't see a single Tim Burton movie until I was in my 20s. <laughs> what a fun fact. I That's never an saw, insane fact. I never watched Corpse Bride. I never saw A Nightmare Before Christmas, whatever the hell his other movies are. I've, uh, I've probably seen like it's some, really, That's not really funny because um, there is a Tim Burton movie in my list of uh, birthday movies. Which one? Hmm. Big Fish. Ooh, fun. I've been wanting to watch that, so that's good. I I chose the four movies that um, I think made me interested in film. Um, So it'll be a (laughs) wide range thing of insanity. But what are they? So the audiences know what we're doing next week. All right. So um, we can also do it over two weeks, by the way, if you want to. Yeah, let's Um, do that. Can we? Because I don't think Strictly Ballroom is coming to my library anytime soon. Um, I'm number four on one copy, so I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. You may just have to rent it, sweetheart. (laughs) Okay. um, The four are In Bruges, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Big Fish, and Strictly Ballroom. Love it. It's a very, like, it's a very buried list. Varied, varied. So um, we're going to do those. We're also going to do Where the Crawdads Sing, Persuasion, and Mrs. Harris oh. Goes to Paris. So we'll do two of those, and then we'll do two the next week. So keep that in mind, listeners. Okay, and those are the films we'll be doing next week 
But before we go forward, let's look in the past. We are halfway through 2022, and we have our films that we really liked. We have some of you who answered what films you really liked, what films you didn't like, all of that. Um, so first, why don't we start off in a very positive sense and share maybe our top five films of the year. Alina, go first. <laughs> what are your favorite films of the year? Hold on, let me pull it up. Mine is literally just giving deranged mental illness. Actually, no, it's my top ten. My top five's fine. My okay. Okay, well, just Elvis top ten. I want to hear the top. 10. Top ten, yeah. Okay, Elvis number one, Top Gun Maverick, The Northman, Jackass Forever, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Then this is where it gets mental illness. Death on the Nile. Yes. Dog. Yes. Dog. The Channing Tatum dog movie, number seven. Uh, Hustle, the Adam Sandler basketball movie, obviously. Ambulance, and I Want yes. You Back. Iconic, I love that. deranged. I'm a, like, I need therapy again. <laughs> dog number seven. Wow. I freaking loved the Channing Tatum Islamophobic dog movie. <laughs> Never forget when at my when I was leaving my screening, they have you give a quote, and I was like, you know, it was funny. It was a lot of the time. I think someone was uncomfortable, like when the dog was racist, and then she was like awkward, and she was like, but it was kind of funny, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> but hey, as a Muslim, I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, I guess I'll give mine my number one, and I'm only going off. Films that have released that people know about because I'm not a loser who has to list the film festival stuff. Number one, Cha Cha Real Smooth. <laughs> Only one here who liked it, but I loved it. Good for you, Cooper. Uh, then we have Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Fire of Love, X, After Yang, Pleasure, and then Leave No Choice, A Hidden History of the Boy Scouts, and Fire Island. I don't know if that's 10. Well, let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, I have two more. Fire Island, then everything ever all at once in Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. I think that's 11, but those are mine. It's good. Paul, what's your top 10 of the year? <laughs> all right. Uh, coming in at number 10, we have Sundown. Number nine, we have Mad God. Number eight, we have Death on the Nile. Number seven, we have Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Number six, we have Lost Illusions. The, they have the French title on the poster, so I couldn't remember what it was called. Um, Illusions oh. para, Perdues. Um, number five, we have The Northman. Biggest surprise for me of the year. <laughs> number four, we have Top Gun Maverick. Number three, A Taste of Hunger. Classic. Uh, number two, The Outfit. And number one, Pleasure. Um, although two and one to me, like, waver. Like, they're neck and neck for me because they're two completely different films. Um, I got a mo more emotional reaction from Pleasure, but I think that like the outfit is like a near perfect um screenplay. I love that. Before we get negative, let's hear from our fans of the podcast because we did get some responses. Paul Klein, which disgusting. How dare we have another Paul? But thank you for listening, Paul. Uh, favorite films: <laughs> The Northman, Ever, Ever, All at Once, Elvis, and The Batman. George Lewis loved The Worst Person in the World in Top Gun Maverick. Josh Rowley loved Elvis, Topside, Petite Maman, Sundown, and Hit the Road. And our good friend Niccolo Grasso loved X, Jackass Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Um, so let's get negative and let's wait, share. Wait, wait, wait. My oh. best friend Gwen, her top oh, three so is. Sorry. A 
I have friends too that contributed. I, I crowdsourced my friends. I love that. Um, my, Gwen's top three is a hero, Lost Illusions, and the Northman. Ooh. Queen taste. Um, her big surprise of the year was Fire of Love, and her Ooh. biggest disappointment was the Cheaper by the Dozen remake with Zach Braff. Oh, interesting. Right. Okay, I forgot let's... that movie existed. I did not see it. Didn't see it. Don't feel like I... That was my that. only friend who contributed. I did ask my almost boyfriend, and he said, I only went to see two movies this year. He liked Top Gun Maverick, and he did not like Jurassic World Dominion. Okay, that's, easy... That's his contribution. Easy, best, and worst from there. Let's get to our <laughs> least favorite films. Uh, you know, let's be negative, a rare thing for us. Alina, what's your <laughs> least favorite film of the year? Um... My bottom movie is this thing called Night's End that Paul got us a screener for. And I always try and watch all the screeners because I don't want to get in trouble. It was like some bullshit on Shudder. <laughs> He's making faces right now because he does not remember this movie, but it was shit. I've never it was heard about of that. This, like, it was about this like guy. It was like only 80 minutes. So that's why I decided to watch it. But it was about this like dude who was like an anxious like shut in and he made like YouTube videos that nobody watched. Then all of a sudden his apartment was haunted. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, okay. So here's the thing about what Alina needs to stop doing is I get a screeners. Alina is the first one to watch them and writes, it's the worst movie ever. And I guess apparently this was the worst movie ever. But like, it makes you <laughs> like the struggle to put that movie on once she's like, just demolished it. She's like, I hated that. And I hated every second of it. You, Are you have it? gotten us some <laughs> shit things lately, to be fair. Well, okay. So like, I we we were riding the high of like getting screeners all the time, um, which like we had been doing early in the pandemic, and then it stopped, and now we're back to it. I think people were like, "Oh yeah, they're not going to a screening for this movie," um, which is great. That being said, uh, yeah, you don't need to put every movie in. Are we only doing our least favorite film? Because I have, so, I have. So- yeah, okay, I always what? throw on a screener because I feel like it looks better when you at least watch the screener. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, I mean, if you want to share more than one, you can. My next I worst do. film is The Bubble. Is that I don't oh, know anyone no. else's. Really? Oh, I like that, the, bu- <laughs> the Bubble's like Bubble's 14. There's just a lot what? of shit that it had to go through. Otherwise, it it's like a one star. It was like the yeah. week after Morbius and I loved Morbius. So I was like already really in bad shape publicly. And then I liked the bubble and I just really couldn't say that I liked the bubble. Morbius is number 33 for me. I have it lower than father still. What? <laughs> Guys, it's good. The Mark Wahlberg boxing priest movie is better than Morbius. You heard it here first. Nico- Nicolo Grasso <laughs> agrees with me and that's what matters. So... <laughs> Paul, what's your fa- least favorite films of the year? I guess give us just how however many you want to hate on. Okay, I want to do 15. <laughs> we should just see like what overlaps between us. Okay. So just go. So Okay, so uh, 41 is Men. Oh, that's uh, number 37 for me. It's bad. 32 Wait, out of how many? Bubble. How many, Alina? Uh, my, my, I've only seen 40. Paul? Although I haven't updated it recently. 55. Okay, I'm at 120. Um, so Christ. men, the bubble, X, Ew. um, <clears throat> everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> These are going in descending order, by the way, guys. Um, Thor, love and thunder. 
Elvis. <laughs> Fresh. Elvis White is hot. worse than Thor? Yes. No. Thor, I Thor, okay, so like here's the thing. How I think of rating these movies usually uh in the lower tiers, um, after like my top 20, um, are how if one of my friends asked me to go see it, how likely am I to go see it? Um, mm-hmm. and I turned down um Elvis twice. Um, so I probably should put everything everywhere all at once lower because like nine people asked me to go and I was like, absolutely not. No. Two and a half hours of that again? No, I'm not doing it. And you're going to like it because you're weak-minded. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's healthy. And I'm going to have to sit there and listen to how much you liked it. And I'm not rude to most people. So I'm just like, uh-huh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, it really was a movie that exists. Um, so, okay, so let's go back. Elvis is 46. Fresh, 47. White Hot, the Abercrombie and Fitch movie. Um, which like weirdly made me so mad. It's on my list too. Um, it made me so mad because like there was a real chance to do something fun and instead they decided to do something that just felt very like Buzzfeed 2016. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just very like, Hey, we're going to talk about politics and like deconstruct the thing that should have been fun to talk about. It's embarrassing um, like, how lazy it is. There's a plot twist in that film that's not a real plot twist where they d- just reveal that they found one news, like, in, like one news segment on it, and it's just all the people from that interview is everyone they interviewed. Yeah, and it's like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I just screamed. It, um, 49 <laughs> is turning red. <laughs> 50 is cha-cha real smooth. <laughs> okay. 51 is windfall. 52 is Lightyear. 53 is a movie called The Contractor. Oh, is that and the Chris Pine one? Yes. Um, these bottom three are all half stars. I think there is not a worthless sec- or a worthwhile second in any of them. Um, number 54 or second worst movie of the year so far is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, it's fun. And coming in as the worst movie of the year, no surprise to anyone, 365 days to this day. Um, (laughs) I watched it with friends. We like to do terrible movie Tuesdays, and it was so bad, like we weren't having fun making fun of it. It was so horrendous that like we were just like, oh, another sex scene. Like it just felt like we were watching porn together. Um, <laughs> like, which is a very weird, there was a couple of moments where we were like, should we just turn this off? Like it was, it was, it's, there's a reason it's got like 0. 0.8 on Letterboxd right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some honorable mentions of things I liked that didn't make the top 10. That you liked? I liked, yeah. Oh, should we, let's go through everyone's dislikes because I still have mine to give and then we'll oh, get there. Or if you want to do it, go. You, <laughs> it's okay. Most people do, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I will give my bottom nine because I think they're all really worthwhile. Going from the best to the worst. Uh the black phone, three months, men, Jurassic World Dominion, White Hot, um, Alice, Moonfall, Pinocchio, a true story, and the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. It's all horrible. <laughs> all shit films. Oh no, put... oh no. Hmm. Black phone. That would be on the worst list. I didn't Yeah, I haven't updated it yet. 
I haven't I haven't updated mine. I I need to put the sea beast in my bottom. I gotta put I gotta put the black phone in my um, bottom. Sea beast is bit. in my top twenty. The man from Toronto. This is the cl- really close to the Ugh, bottom. Has minions pretty in the middle. Um, yeah, I haven't updated mine in a while. I also really I liked RRR. That was fun. I would have liked it better if I got to see it in a fucking movie theater. No, so that's why I didn't make my top. I 10. still haven't fully finished RRR. You should finish I have, like, it. Thirty you liked minutes it. left. I did like it. Well, my dad was like, "Do we want to watch it together?" And I was like, "It's three and a half hours." And he was like, "Oh." <laughs> um also anything that was like released in 22 21 but like theatrical release this year i don't put so like that's why pleasure and stuff aren't on mine same um yeah i liked the batman i liked i liked the unbearable weight of massive talent that was cute yeah there's some there's some good like those cute films in my 20s i really liked elvis i like top gun maverick happening the batman Mm -hmm. Those are like a oh, death of the Nile, the outfit. Those would be on my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, Marry me. I enjoyed Marry me. Um, I want you back would be on my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, all my friends hate me. I really enjoyed. Like I didn't like it while I was watching it, but like thinking back on it, I am fond of it. I thought it would like mm-hmm. at least had moments I enjoyed and remember. Um, I don't remember a single second of the bad guys except for the guinea pigs, but I remember enjoying it as I was sitting in that theater. It was cute. Agreed. (laughs) Going to our fans, uh, let's see. Niccolo hated Scream and Death of the Nile, which fuck you. They are wrong there. Death of the Nile is great. And if you disagree, you're (laughs) weak-minded, I guess we'll go with. Um, (laughs) Josh Rowley hated... Oh, you will love Josh, actually, maybe. He hated everything everywhere all at once. He hated the Northmen, Top Gun, Maverick, Doctor Strange, and Minions. Okay, Josh, another one with bad opinions. That's okay. Why did he hate the Northmen? Did he elaborate? Well, I don't like the Northmen either. No, he didn't. But who hates Top Gun, Maverick? That's wild. I respect it. Josh, I... Listen, I'm kind of into it. It's... um, (laughs) It's giving insanity, and that's kind of cool. Like, we need that. That's a man who's not afraid to share his opinions. He doesn't give a fuck what the masses of film Twitter think. Okay, literally, literally there was a post about, like, hey, would you, like, uh, if you post your Letterboxd review of um, everything everywhere all at once, um, you can be entered to get the Blu-ray. And I was like, what if I just post my, like, (laughs) review? just like, (laughs) And I'm like, I would like it on DVD so I can watch it again and again. (laughs) George hated Firestarter and the Lost City. And then Paul Klein disliked Jurassic World Dominion, Firestarter, and Morbius, which is a shame because that's a good film. I liked the Lost City. Come on, guys. We're back in a little, like, rom-com renaissance. Let me enjoy it. Yeah, no. I need to watch it still. The thing is, the Lost City is not good. Listen, it deserves you to put be Channing better. Tatum in it, and I'm a happy gal. Cool. Well, I think that's about doing it for the halfway recap. Maybe let's end by just saying, like, if you had to give a film or two films or however many films like you're excited for for the rest of the year, what are you really excited for? Because I will say the new Damien Chazelle, which I'm blinking on the name of, very excited Babylon. for that. Yes, Babylon. Very excited for that. And I'm very excited for Avatar 2. Because I've gaslit myself into thinking I like the first Avatar. So I'm excited to see it. Alina, what are you excited for? I forgot that we were for? supposed to pick things. Okay, I'm excited for just remembering like shit of like trailers I've seen in the movie theater. I'm excited for Bullet Train because they mm. have shoved that 
trailer down my throat every single time my ass goes to Cineplex, which is at least twice a week. But that I feel like this is like a really good trailer that I'm not even mad. I've seen it 300 times. Um, I'm excited for Nope. I'm excited yes. for Don't Worry, Darling. I'm excited for this movie that called The Menu with Ray Fiennes that looks weird and fucked up. Because and also Ray Fiennes is in it, and Anya Taylor Joy and Nicholas Holt, and it looks weird. I think it doesn't come out till like November though. But they played the trailer randomly. I'm like, that looks lit. Are you excited for Knives Out? I feel like you're a big Knives Out fan. Um, I didn't oh. like Knives Out the first time, but I liked it on a rewatch. Okay, I liked Knives Out. I didn't like the humor of Knives Out. I thought it was very um, social justicey cringe. I guess I don't yes. know why. I just assume with any person attempting comedy in any sense i'm like alina will love this no because i'm i also was like a really big last jedi hater so i went into knives out expecting not to like it so i thought daniel craig was great i like it i feel like knives out for me gets better with rewatches valid um i agree but i still like my brain just completely shuts off when they show that like flashback sequence when they're all arguing politics i'm like Mm -hmm. this is like it was aged when the movie came out and now you watch it now and you're like oh God. that's the thing like it, it's not even that they were like bad it's just that it's going it's very dated um i'm also excited for that movie bros with billy eichner it looks cute i like garbage like that great <laughs> <laughs> paul what are you excited for i'm surprised you guys didn't say this one triangle of sadness is very much a me movie. The menu, very much a me movie. Is it rich people? Are they sad? Yes. Um, we're going to go with uh, The Banshees of Inishirin, um, which is Martin McDonough's new movie. Um, it feels like a return to form. I have not liked anything he's done since In Bruges, which is a very weird thing for me. Um, and then... Um, what was the last one? I just forgot. You know what I would oh. like to see? That fucking stop, Guy stop, Ritchie stop. movie that is not coming out? Why? I want to see it. Okay. And actually the movie I'm, mo- I'm actually, oh, a couple of things going on, Alina. Surprised you didn't mention The Whale. Listen, um, I forgot to prepare for this, and I'm just looking at people's 2020 upcoming lists, okay? Um, terrified of the whale. Um, I like don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch it in a theater. I'm going to have to watch it with, <laughs> through my fingers. Um, it's valid. And then uh, my last one, which may be my number one, is The Sun. Um, Florian Zeller's. Did we mention uh, Blonde? I'm excited for Blonde. I'm oh, excited, yeah, blonde. but I'm worried. Yeah. Um, Valid. The NC-17 movie with... Um, yeah, and then, like, Nope, I'm excited about, but that's, like, next week anyway. And also, like, maybe... Uh, I just... I'm not getting a good vibe from it. Agreed. Um, I also mm-hmm. read the spoilers, and oh, I'm just not, I'm not into it. I wasn't it's, into Us conceptually, so... I'm worried. But I thought Us was like a good film. I mean, Us is one of my favorite movies of all time. But yes. Well, yeah, I'm not stating it for you. Is it one of my favorite films of all time? Or is it just that the music's really good? And the, the music is fucking young. incredible. 
and Lupi <laughs> Nyong'o is just so good. Are we getting White Lotus too? I'm just gonna say we are, and I hope that I'm excited for that. I know it's not film, <laughs> yeah, but I'm very excited. Um, no, I am too. Um, I'm very excited for the Emmys to come out and them just demolish the Emmys this year. I was reading so many things that are like, it's pretty much a White Lotus year, and I'm like, yes, it is. Thank you. I hope every summer from now on, it just is like only murders in the building season and White Lotus. Because I just like love that every year, you know, feels like we're back. I know it's really funny because um, only murders is the only show I keep up with. Um, Like, I'm just (laughs) every time it comes on, I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, there's a new one tonight at 9 p.m. I need to catch up. Midnight for you, Alina. I've been making my way. Yeah, I'll watch it. In the morning at 7 a.m., I am not staying up to watch Only Murders. As cute as it is, I'm tired. I'm a tired gal. Do you want even more ClapperCast content? Yes, we have our weekly episodes, but you can get even more on Patreon. For as low as $1 a month, you can get exclusive commentary tracks and bonus reviews, as well as some more fun content. Yes, you can literally watch movies with us. Me and Alina have watched Sonic the Hedgehog. We have watched Murder Mystery. It is a ton of fun. You can literally watch a movie with us. And we also have bonus reviews. You want to hear our thoughts on Fresh. You want to hear our thoughts on Everything Everywhere All at Once. These are reviews that you can only get on Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash clappercastpod. Again, for as low as $1 a month, you can get Clappercast shoutouts. You can even decide what we review. It is a ton of fun over there on Patreon. And if you are not there, honestly, you're kind of missing out. Be over there at patreon.com slash clappercastpod. Okay, and now let's go to our series that we don't, I don't know if it's like we're officially calling it a series, but we've been looking back at some films we missed from 2022. We have two today. And let's kick things off with Spiderhead on Netflix. Our boy, uh, let me get his name, the director Joseph Kosinski, king of Top Gun Maverick, I think one of our favorite films of the year, is back already on Netflix with Miles Teller, um, adapting a short story that was originally published in The New Yorker. It tells the story of this penitentiary where they have all these drugs that it changes the way people feel. So like you, there's one drug that makes you want to have sex with the person in front of you. Um, they can make you feel pain, various things. Um, and Miles Teller is the guy going through it while Chris Hemsworth is the doctor in administrating these drugs. Um, and it turns into kind of like a black mirror dystopian sci-fi thing that was good. Um, I'll start, I guess. Not necessarily as good as Top Gun Maverick. Let's just be very clear. But I think like in terms of Black Mirror wannabe films on Netflix, which there are a shocking amount of, this was fine. It was good. Um, I think the ending gets a little bit silly here and there, but I thought it was rather tense. The filmmaking I thought was solid. Um, There's a lot of fun little quirky things, which I believe is more of a trait of the author who wrote the short story, like there being a bingo card with all the drugs and stuff. Um, But no, I thought this was like fine. Definitely not favorite of the year. Probably won't ever think of this again, but it was fun for what it was. What did you think, Alina? Uh, I will also never think of this again disclaimer i watched this like nearly two weeks ago because i messed up our film scheduling um it was fine 
I expected more from it considering like how god tier Top Gun Maverick was that I would just sat there and I watched this movie and I was like, well, what a what a fall from grace we're having. Like it's fine, but like just comparatively rough. Um, I thought Chris Hemsworth is really hot in this movie. I like it when Chris Hemsworth gets to do things that are not Thor, even though I do love him as Thor. We'll get to that. Um, so he, that man pulls off glasses very well, doesn't he? There's something yes. about like a, a buff ass bitch in glasses that I just enjoy. Um, I'm not understanding how, like, or why Miles Teller is this Joseph Kaczynski's, is that his name? This man's muse? Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, like, he, again, he was fine in Top Gun Maverick. He's nothing compared to Tom Cruise, and I don't understand the hype Miles Teller is getting on TikTok right now. I said what I said. It's the mustache. He looks like any other guy at a gas station in rural Ontario, friends. And speaking of rural Ontario, in Spiderhead, he has a really nasty mullet. <laughs> Doug agrees. It was a nasty mullet. Hated it. I was like, this is unsettling and upsetting to look at. Why is his hair like this? Um... So whatever, he was fine, See, and, and that also. <laughs> I I do think I prefer him to Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick. Thank you, Doug, for agreeing with me. Um, <laughs> possibly because he's just like, in my opinion, very hot in Top Gun Maverick. But definitely, Chris Hemsworth is like the MVP of this film. I think Miles Teller is like mm -hmm. fine. This is like very return to like how I feel about Miles Teller outside of Top Gun Maverick, which is like he's good. You know, he's just kind of there. Yeah, but like, like the thing good... was, it wasn't even like a mullet, Carson. It was just like about to be a mullet. It was like he was trying to grow a mullet, and I was like, "Why is his hair like this?" It was really like it was just distracting for me, which is why I'm still on it. It was dystopian <laughs> for sure. I guess I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. Um, I did think the like story, the plot itself was really interesting. Um. When you said, I didn't know it was a short film. And when he said that in the introduction, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Because this yeah. felt really stretched out for what it was. I'm like, maybe if your film is based on a short story, you should just make it a short film. Yeah. Netflix puts short films on. Hello? Yeah. I, it, whatever. It's, it's just one of those movies. It's just like, yeah, it's on Netflix. Sure. Yeah. If you want background <laughs> noise and like... You desperately want, like, imagine, like, a, a weak episode of Black Mirror. Like, yeah, it definitely satisfies that. Like, it's well, it's good filmmaking. It's just, like, it's not anything that deep or relevant also. Like, I think mm -hmm. it tends to be with, like, uh, not fully sci-fi, but with, like, films like this that has this plot that's kind of sci-fi. Like, it tends to have, I think, more of a, a poignance to the real world than this one. This one just felt really, like, random in a point. I didn't really, like... I don't know. I didn't get a lot of takeaways from it emotionally, but it was mm -hmm. fine, you know? A film that probably does have a little bit more relevance to today is Happening won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival about a young girl trying to get an abortion, and she can't because her country has banned them, and anyone who gives it will go to jail, and she'll go to jail, and it's bad. Um... You know, and it's, I would say not a deep cut inspired choice for us to pick considering recent news. What did you think of happening, Alina? I really liked it. Um, I couldn't help but like compare it in my brain to um, 
2020s, never, rarely, sometimes, always. Um, because I feel like that was just like the defining abortion feature. <laughs> um, I, I th- did think, so at first I was kind of just like stuck on that, but as happening kept going, they are very like different, um, like reasonings for the story. I don't, I can't remember if it never, rarely, sometimes, always like if she has like specific reasons why she gets an abortion i think she's just also like a young girl and like she's very religious i know the family i think yeah that helps probably i think yeah i think it was something like that in this case and happening she gets pregnant but she's like in university and she really wants to continue her studies and like that is the most important thing to her like at one point she says that she wants to have children but she doesn't want to like throw her way her life first which like period good for her um and i think this this takes place in like 1960s france which i did not grasp at first until like she's in a doctor's appointment and they said her birth year was like 1940 something and i was like oh i didn't realize that we were in like a period piece like was that just me am i stupid <laughs> i think it was just you i'm not gonna lie okay. not, you know <laughs> um granted this movie was in french so and i was like it was one of those ones where like for I put it on and I was like doing other things like tidying up my apartment and then I sat down to the movie because I can understand French. So it's possible I missed some of the period piece context. So that was interesting. I feel like does France allow abortions now? They should. I think so. In the year of our Lord 2022, they really should. Because, you know, French people are terrible, but I think, <laughs> they, I think do. they do. Good. Good for them. Um. I thought it was I thought the like main actress was really good. I thought it was a really well constructed story. I thought it was really like there's a lot of like graphic scenes towards the end that are really like fucked up. Like do you m- remember the scene in Raw? This is a like mild spoilers. What m- the scene in Raw where like she cuts her vagina with yeah. a razor? Same vibes. Not the same thing, but same similar vibes. It was just just like really gross vagina horror, which yes, I'm really glad they didn't like shy away from things like that. Um, I just thought it was like a really well constructed film. Um, hey, you know what else is a really fun abortion movie? Unpregnant. Did you see that? No. It has Barbie Ferrara, Ferrara, the girl from Euphoria, and wow. Haley Lou Richardson, and they. It's like really similar to Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. They're like in a U.S. state that like bans abortions, and they go on like a road trip, but it's like funny. So, Love that. I yeah. can't wait for next year. We can do Abortion April um, as one of our <laughs> series. We already have three movies. We just need one more. I'm sure We're there's another there. one. Yeah, um, I th- it's just a really good film. I can see like why it won the Golden Lion or whatever it was. Oh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I love this film. I thought this was really, really good. I'm actually not the biggest fan of Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. So I was mm-hmm. very pleased that this really like was much better for me. Um, I think the actress is incredible. As you mentioned, some of the scenes towards the end, even like there is that scene, but there's like, I'm not, not to get into full spoilers, but like the key scene really, for some reason, like it just holds on that bitch for like 
five minutes and i was like oh my god like it was a lot it was a lot for this gay little boy what sitting on his like bed alone in texas when i watched this um, vaginas are scary enough vaginas are <laughs> terrifying and then people <laughs> touching them was it was just a lot it was so much and then she can't scream oh god i was screaming um mm-hmm. I think this film and those scenes are really great. I think I really like how this film shows that like casual everyday life continues when you're dealing with this. You go through as the weeks pass and like she saw school, she saw these relationships and all this. Mm-hmm. And it helps because I think like I could see a lot of people looking at this movie and saying, oh, it's way too slow. It doesn't get to the meat of it. Like it's not intense enough for a long portion of the film. But I think it was a very poignant point to make that it's not just like oh your lives stop and then it's just crazy like everything just continues and it just keeps getting piled on more and more and more yes exactly and i think that's what this film like does so well it just shows like the frustrating experience of trying to get an abortion when it's illegal in your country or state like i freaking loved how they like between scenes they it would like cut to black and there was like a title card that said like six weeks 10 weeks 18 weeks whatever and it just kept like creeping up and you're just like and it's just getting to the point where it's like really unlikely that she's going to be able to get one because this like fetus is like growing and like developing a lot more and yeah the film like did a really great job of conveying how frustrating experience that like i assume it to be yeah well you're not american so you might have to you can't really experience that fully well i am fortunate enough to live in a city with fantastic access to abortion care but there's a lot of places in canada really remote places where it is difficult to get abortions not illegal but like logistically it's difficult like in the like northern territories it's rough for indigenous communities so all you canadians that are listening you might think that we have like really great abortion access but it's not as great as you think it is don't take your reproductive rights for granted absolutely no totally (laughs) um and i would encourage any listeners in the in not the comment section, what's called the description. I'll put some links to some sources where you can support abortion rights in Canada and in America. So I'd encourage you to do that. Um, But yeah, I think this is a phenomenal film. I don't know if it'll be eligible at the Oscars this year. I hope this is like, I would love this in Best International Feature to be nominated Mm -hmm. at the very least. I mean, compared to a lot of the shit that we get, like this blows it out of the water. (laughs) So I would appreciate that. Yeah, uh, the only other thing I want to add is if you're pro-life and you're listening to our podcast, fuck off. I don't want you to listen to us. <laughs> Bye. I don't care. Like, you're trash. <laughs> we hate you. <laughs> cool. So now let's go ahead and end this with our recommendations for the week. I'll go first. I haven't seen a lot of great stuff this week. Um, but weirdly, one thing I enjoyed that I will say, if anyone wants a good live-action Michael Bay Transformers film weirdly transformers dark of the moon is good i don't really know why but like it strangely has a very compelling plot it strangely has like the best of all the characters i'm watching all the transformers films they're terrible alina i know you did this a while ago they're all bad but this one was like good and i don't really know why but i would say if you want to experience like that style of transformers film just do this one and then like ignore the rest paul what's your recommendation or alina Okay. 
Yeah. I Tell me to go. That. Yeah, go ahead. Wow. Elena, I watched nothing. Okay. I went Elena, an entire, I went an entire week without watching a single. Th- oh, you know what I'll recommend? The book Jurassic Park. Holy shit. It's so good. So like, you know, Jurassic Park and you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be the book version. No, it's, it's very different. It's so different and it is so fun. It's like much more a mystery. Um, Then the horror gets like way more intense. A lot of characters who make it through Jurassic Park, the movie make it, don't make it through the book and vice versa. It's like, it's a whole new experience. Um, It feels like a director's cut almost. Um, there's different reasons for them to go to Jurassic Park than there are. It's so good. Um, I am loving it. Anyway, so um, if you're like, you know, a fan of Jurassic Park, I think it's a really fun experience. Nice. Love that. Uh, I have two because we missed last week. So that's my excuse. Uh, I watched The Ascent on the Criterion channel recently from 1977, directed by Larissa Shepichko. I don't know. It's like a Soviet film, and I've been wanting to watch this for a while because it's in, like, the top five of the, like, top 100 women directors. And I also, like, I haven't seen a lot of Soviet cinema, but, like, every single, like, Sergei Essentine movie I've watched, I've, like, fucking loved so I've like kind of assuming that like I enjoy Soviet cinema in general and The Ascent was no exception. It's about these like two little Russian Soviet soldiers who are in um, occupied German territory and it's very bleak and sad. Normally not a movie I would like, but it was just very fucking pretty and I guess I just fucking love Russians. It was great. It was fantastic. Um, like makes complete sense why this is like so high up on the list it's amazing and my other recommendation i watched last week on the criterion channel and i watched it because of that fan cam that kept going around with gene kelly i watched 1948's the pirate it was fucking lit it is so fun it's like really underwritten but like the singing is fun judy garland was fantastic gene kelly was so fucking hot he was like this like like cute little singing pirate and i was like this is incredible i am loving this it was just really sweet and adorable yeah i have a criterion channel i really gotta use that bitch more often (laughs) i um i've really fallen off um watching like classic things um and what i did this is like another recommendation um you know that little spinning wheel thing that your like teachers use to choose a student to call on um put all the movies that you've thought about watching put it on there and when it spins on it just watch that movie um what i do is i request (laughs) things from the library and then i have to watch them by the due date or they'll charge me late fees that's smart yeah no that's insane i don't go to the library personally i just buy my stuff yeah like you know good for you well, that's going to be it for this episode of ClapperCast. Where can we find everyone on social media? Alina? I am at Alina Folds on Twitter, Letterboxd, and sometimes Instagram. And everyone, please go find her old reviews and comment about why she's wrong about her opinions. We need to increase that because it's not <laughs> happening enough. Paul? I blocked that person. I was like, <laughs> ew. I don't know who you are. Why did you send this to me? Block. Love that. <laughs> Paul? At price like tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, please go look at my older reviews and 
get annoyed. My favorite thing is when someone follows me because I have a spicy take and they're like, ooh. And then I hit a movie that they liked that I hated. And they're like, how dare you? And I'm like, you followed me knowing that I had opinions. <laughs> like, go follow like fucking Karsten Runquist if you want, like, you know, just <laughs> no opinion. If Go you ahead. can't handle people not liking the same movie as you, you like need a mental evaluation. Yeah, like, we, I'm not even we all like yeah. we all liked Death on the Nile, so like we're you know we're in the trenches fighting for our lives. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I loved Death Daily. on the Nile. I loved it out of this fight of someone specific on Twitter. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at bp underscore movie reviews. Letterbox just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clapperpodcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can go to our, our Patreon. Uh, we have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.